0: Back, friends. Long time no hear.
1: Welcome. <laughs> uh, welcome back to part two. And this is our talk with Patricia Ryan Madsen. We started our conversation on the last episode, and this is just the, the ending part to that. So we'll go on to talk a little bit about what she found exciting about how she discovered that improv and um, kind of constructive living go together, and things like that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to for you to listen to the rest of it.
0: And if you are just joining us here, if it's been a while since you've been here, just a reminder this is the Monster Baby Podcast, a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. That's right, with Ted DeMizone and Lisa Rowland.
1: And uh, we hope you enjoy this, the second half of our talk with Patricia Ryan Manson.
0: See you on the backside.
1: So it surprised me. It was counter to my understanding. Is that the first thing that in, that attracted you to Johnstone was not, he was not the philosophy behind what he was teaching. I wonder if he would even describe it as a philosophy.
2: I um, think he wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think he he'd kind of uh, uh, whatever.
1: It's a theater making. You know. But I guess I thought that you initially had made the connections of oh, what he's talking about is the same stuff, but it sounds like really what initially attracted you, him, you to him, or his work, was that you were trying to get more realistic kind of performances out of your actors, and
2: that's what his work was valuable for. It's, it's, I think the, the thing that resonated was the notion of, of saying yes, mm-hmm. um, and while that's, it, it seems so obvious in a way, I had come from a tradition, uh, I had taught at Penn State, and there was a whole philosophy of actor training at Penn State, led by a brilliant acting teacher named Manuel Duque, and we studied uh, an exercise called Yin Yangs. And with a Yin Yang, you took—it was an improvisation actually. Two actors had opposing purposes or, or intentions. And so we spent a lot of time watching improvisations based on yes, no, if you will. Mm. I, I, I need you to do this. No, I don't want to do and this. And no, I don't want to do that. And, and the thousand ways that you can have conflict. And I had become a kind Sounds of a specialist. Familiar. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, a specialist in um, helping people play within yes, no. Uh, and somehow I'd gotten really... There was something in my soul that got tired of that. Yeah. Um, that combat was onerous. And when I, when I came upon Keith's work, the notion that we would agree didn't mean we never had conflict, but there was a human agreement around being on the same page together that yeah. allowed you to um, to do whatever needed to be done, uh, and so there philosophically it was really interesting to me the notion of yes, uh, very powerful, and that was enough to um, to kind of hook me and then uh, the games I, I've never been as big a fan of, of things like the hat game and some of some of the things that Keith does that i'm I'm convinced now after knowing him so many years that he is his primary interest is about theater. Mm -hmm. He really, all the things he does are trying to to, um, make interesting theater, and on the road to doing that, he knows he needs to to help actors absolve themselves of the fear that gets in the way of doing that, uh, finding ways to liberate the spirit to do things and to be outrageous and whatnot. But his interest
1: in how those, the, the, those exercises do that really stops at because I want a truthful performance, right. not because I want to embolden you to live your life in a fearless manner.
2: And I think I've even had this conversation with Keith that he, he, um, he knows people Im- uh, imbue him with this grand philosophical uh, be a better human thing, but he, he <laughs> denies yeah. it, and uh, he's interested in making interesting theater. Yeah. And, that, and and he's true to that he keeps coming back to right. that too mm-hmm. and I can't ever seem to interest him in the sort of the human dimension of it all and that's <laughs> yeah. why I'm around because I, I, we have different things that we uh, but you can play you can play the same improv game for many different purposes yep
0: and different, from different angles yeah. and from
2: different angles and that's what I noticed that um, uh, you can take a simple game like Sound Ball not one of Keith's games but where you're throwing around sound and and the primary purpose can be to help people just say the first thing that comes to mind to get out of their way with
0: um, uh, self-censorship. 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 Okay, Self-coring, so that's,
2: yeah. that's, an, uh, that's an honorable use of that game. And lots of the uh, sort of d school use of the exercise is about that, just helping you find ways to uh, let random thoughts come in. Or you can teach soundball to uh, teach people how to receive, how right. to notice that you're getting something. And that's been, I had this huge aha, uh, teaching sound ball, realizing that to me, the primary value of that was letting go of your ego and shifting and starting to notice other people in your world. Mm. And when I teach it, that's what I emphasize. Uh, and I had, had a graduate student who is actually teaching in the D school came and said, I've always hated that game. It's like a brainstorming game. We play it all the time, but I never realized that it could be this other thing. A receiving game. A receiving game. And so
0: We've played it sometimes as a as a mindfulness game, like really uh, an attention game is a better uh-huh. way to say it. Uh, take in what what is coming to you, and then you're going to try to repeat it. When you receive it, you're trying to try to repeat it as attentively as you can. Mm-hmm. So you've got to notice the whole thing, what... What, not what gest- facial gestures are they making? What's the intonation? What's the attitude? What's the emotion? Right, not the
1: it? gist, but mm-hmm. all the details. Yeah. M- really, mirror. Really and, tune in. Yeah, yeah cool. You,
0: uh, you were just talking about your loving the, um, saying yes to what's going on, part of improv, and that sounded to me like the constructive living of saying yes to reality.
2: Exactly. Right. So here's
0: here's exactly. what is true. Now I can either try to fight that or not. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and if I say yes to it, then all of a sudden, now I can get things done, like when I'm on stage, once I accept what my partner's doing and say yes to that, now we've got somewhere to go.
2: Exactly.
1: I, I had a question for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You said something earlier, you said reality provides,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that reality kind of gives us what we need. Mm-hmm. Is there any inclination that you have, this is a little bit off topic maybe, but I'm interested in it, which is, is it, like, do you have the inclination that there is some design Hmm. Or is this purely an adjustment in the way we see what comes to us rather than the belief that we all get the thing that we need because there is
2: some, I don't know. That's a big question. It's a big question. uh, Is there there, uh, intelligent design in the universe? Um, I think we each get to decide that. And I think reality works either way. Whether you imbue reality with the... uh, being responsible for that design or the thing that comes to us that we need. Um, but humans are fond of making stories, so we're gonna make up a story that we like and feels good, and that'll probably be as good an answer to that as not. It's a um, great answer.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all get to decide is <laughs> a great answer.
2: Well, I do, it strikes me that it, uh, on the one hand, it's incredibly random, and on the other hand, golly, that seemed as if it was just you know, somebody knew what I needed here. Yeah, 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 chosen just for me right when I needed it. And it doesn't matter. What matters is, is how we see and respond to whatever it is and what we do with it. Yeah. What I see people getting stuck, however, they get stuck in this place about liking and not liking what's going on. And it's the not liking that wastes a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> so I can not like something and still keep moving in a purposive way through through my days. And that's what's helped me more than anything else. When I don't know what to do, I'll, I'll ask a simple question like, what's my purpose now? And it might just be, um, well, to take a nap. Or it might be to, um, mm, probably I should get the stuff out of the dryer. Or, mm, got to write that thank you note. And start moving from reflection and deliberation into action. The mm-hmm. minute my body's engaged in um, f- fixing dinner, folding the laundry, all of that mind stuff can't have the same kind of weight that it does when I sit here and worry. Because I'm, a, I'm a, a, a compulsive worrier. Uh-huh. Yeah, I worry about everything. And fortunately, this advice says, okay, while worrying, Clean the kitchen. Right, so it's like, great, except that you're worried, that's yeah. fine. You don't have to stop worrying. Yeah. Do and what you, you need to do. You don't do. have to fix that. You don't have to fix right. that. And a lot of people think you need a fix, whether it's psychological, or you need to be hypnotized so that you don't have those fears, or whatever it is.
1: Why, <laughs> if you figure out why I'm so worried, yeah. why I'm worrying
2: so much, and then fix the, the root of the problem, mm-hmm. when cut, really it's like, well. Cut to the chase, because anyway, any way you slice it, you're still gonna have to move, um, Move in your life in some way if you want to keep going. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love I that. Too.
0: I have a. We were talking earlier, uh, cooking up a few questions for you. But so in your in your book, Improv Wisdom, mm. you offer is it thirteen?
2: Thirteen maxims.
0: Maxims mm-hmm. could be tenets, mm-hmm. principles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirteen maxims, and we were curious which of them. Mm-hmm in your life has been most helpful to apply.
2: Oh, great, yeah.
0: And then we have a, another question, after we play with that one a little bit, we have another question that's kind of in the same ballpark, but.
2: Oh, that's easy, it's, it's the wake up to the gifts. I mean, I've been kind of on a theme of this, this Nikon thing. It's, I think it's, it's because looking at every situation from this gift mentality, uh, doesn't necessarily make it anything other than it is, but it um, it warms the climate of my world mm. and that i I see we're in a we're in a period where we all, especially in this western world and in america silicon valley we're in the most privileged environment in the history of humanity. The three of us in this room right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and yet I'm, I'm troubled by the sense of entitlement that keeps, us, keeps people from, from recognizing their, their, their interdependence, um, their privilege, mm-hmm. and all those things. I think everyone would be happier if they saw the world the way that I, I see it, mm-hmm. uh, which is to see things as gifts. Um, And so waking up to the gifts is a simple kind of thing that anyone listening right now can can stop and look around the space that they're in and observe the environment of of what's there. Maybe there's a computer sitting nearby or there's a lamp um, or a chair that you're sitting on and take a moment just to reflect on how these things came to you who created them who are the other people in the world specific individuals whose work made this moment possible for you right now and um, it, and it's don't stop by thinking oh well a lot of people did that that lets you off the hook in a way because of mm-hmm. course a lot of people did but try to be specific the, the more we see the detail of reality um, I think the richer the world is. And and when there's a a wonderful thing about realizing that you're in debt, because then it makes you want to do things, give back, be useful. Yes. It um not because you um not because you should, good people do nice things, but there it turns around uh, sometimes the selfishness we all have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that waking up to the gifts is a profound kind of shift of understanding that has a lot of benefits. And I, I think if I can ever get myself to put it, pull it all together that my next book is about a kind of ra- radical gratitude, radical understanding of this gifts principle we're talking wow. about. Wow, cool.
0: There's, there's a, I'll get the specifics wrong probably, but there's um, a study that showed a simple gratitude practice Mm -hmm. at the end of each day, write down three things that you're thankful for Mm -hmm. for two weeks, increases Mm -hmm. happiness. But what is stunning to me is that it's not just the happiness in that moment, Mm -hmm. but it lasts for six months, measurably increased happiness for six months just from a two-week practice. Wow. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm not surprised. you You train yourself to notice what you're getting instead of what you're not. Exactly. Yeah. Because our default, this is everybody's default, is to notice what's wrong. Yeah. And who's who's. What a, needs to be
1: fixed? What's not right about who's this? Who's a jerk?
2: What makes me unhappy right now? What's not quite right? Yeah. And the, the mind does that so well. Mm-hmm. And the other muscle that looks at it from the other vantage point just needs to get strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Needs a reason for that. I've got I've got a couple of family members. I a mean, niece that just. Seems, but she can only find the problem in the world mm-hmm. all the time. What an unhappy young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, can, I, can, I can't give her a Nikon idea. I can't say, gee, you really ha- have a lot going for you that's good, don't you? That's <laughs> not, it's not the same when you, it's, it's not positive thinking, it's realistic thinking. And we've gotta, uh, it's not my reality. It's the reality you are in. And I, so wake up to the gifts is my favorite uh, maxim. I think uh, paying attention. Uh, Attention is another one that's something that um, is increasingly difficult in our distracted world of Mm -hmm. devices. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am shocked at how um, addicted I am to my devices. I, it's It's hard for me to believe that that's the first thing I reach for in the morning is checking on various measures now, because I think the devices are letting me notice how many hours I slept and how many steps I walked yesterday. And so I'm, I'm plugged into things apps like that and and they draw my attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and
1: there's I, a it's so the balance of that is so interesting because all of those apps pr- pr- purport to be, about helping you live a healthier, happier, more fulfilled life, mm-hmm. and there 's a, there's a degree to which it 's like, well, okay, you know but so it, it requires insane self control yeah. to keep it at the, at the, at the, the balance yeah, point balance in the yeah. right place
2: yeah. I think we 're in for a real the, the next fifty years is um, What a time
0: to be alive! Yeah, I just I just recently uh, this week read an article about a guy who's here in Silicon Valley who used to work at Google who has been questioning the ways that apps for our phones are designed to monopolize our attention Mm -hmm. to to become addictive Mm -hmm. and that that's the way that they work right you know is to become is to they design them to be addictive and then they're effectively addictive Mm -hmm. and so that as we're trying to reclaim our own attention from our devices that oftentimes we kind of beat ourselves up and pathologize ourselves as mm-hmm. like oh, i can't do this and this. but that it's actually like no there are forces that are there are forces arrayed against are bigger than you that, yeah. yeah yeah
2: the newest the newest operating system on the apple products won't let you not have these news alerts uh-huh. somehow right. there's no way to turn them off yeah, this thing is now pinging me all the time with all the time. something, uh, something about Donald Trump or something silly. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it makes you feel like, oh, something new, right? And yeah. that little like, mm-hmm. that little center in your brain that loves new things gets uh, lit up. Even if you
2: don't want to know it, I have to turn it off. Yeah, it's it's getting my attention.
0: Okay, so so here's the flip side of the question. Yeah. Which is which of them, maxims, do you find hardest to apply?
2: Ah. Mm. Uh, I think my I guess maybe since we're talking about distraction, attention is one i I'm always working on, because yeah. I know how to pay attention now, and I sometimes have really good attention, and I'm more interested in trying to help my husband pay better attention than I am in doing my own uh, I, I love to fix people so, yeah. Um, um, funny. yeah yeah do you have do you have any favorites
1: uh or, or ones like every single one has been a favorite for me. Over the course of
0: the years, I might... Can, yeah, can I just pause to say, before we get further, I just want to make sure that our listeners know what these 13 lovely maxims are. So I could use a reminder myself. Sure, the yeah. maxim,
2: first maxim is, say yes. Notice they're all, um, they're verbs too. Um, directives. Things that you can do, directives. Yeah. Say yes. Don't prepare. Just show up is the third. Fourth is start anywhere be average, pay attention, face the fact, oh, that's a hard one, Mm -hmm. face the facts. We we often don't want to get that that cookie is fattening. Uh, Stay on course is another one that's, which is odd, Um, stay on course doesn't seem like it would be an improv maxim, but uh, it is. You can't just be all over the place when you're improvising. You have to kind of keep knowing which purpose, it's about purpose. Wake up to the gifts, make mistakes please, act now, take care of each other, and enjoy the ride.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I think the hardest one for me, oh, you asked about favorites, you didn't ask.
2: Well, either one, one. what's the hard one?
0: I think the hardest one for me is stay on course. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I'm I'm curious about so many things, and my my attention, like you were describing, is just has always been. You know, it's not like ADD, you know, bouncing around, but I I really am curious about a lot of things, and so I'm, I tend not to be satisfied with staying with one thing for a while and really sustaining on it, and so I, historically that has often prevented me from getting really deep with any one thing. And I've become, one of the skills I've developed is to be able to combine and synthesize and integrate different perspectives because I like being able to go to different perspectives. So even within anima learning, the, my business now, I've got these four components of uh, growth mindset and contemplative practice, which includes the mindfulness and applied improv and positive reinforcement. So I can always like, oh, I think I'm in a positive reinforcement mood now. Go with that. <laughs> and I think I want to do applied improv now. So the the notion of having something that I'm staying with and feeding that, that's a challenge for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you could also look at, at those four tracks as, as the purpose.
0: The larger, The yes. larger
2: purpose, and that, um, it's a wonderful book by Tom Tim Harford, Messy, I've recommended it. Uh, it's right over there, fabulous book. He's got a whole chapter on improvisation in it. And he's, he is um, singing the virtues of um, uh, allowing there to be space, randomness, things not being perfectly orderly. Yes. And he's got lots of examples of how um, the, the, some of the greatest things in the world happen when, when you're not necessarily...
1: On top of it. On top
2: of it, right. And, yeah. and, and we all know that as improvisers. Uh, some of the greatest moments we've ever had mm-hmm. come out of... Um, mistakes. Mistakes and randomness and being somewhere... Not at all uh, on course, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and so I think the the value of his book, messy, is to it's it's the same value as saying it's okay to make mistakes and it's uh, and trust reality those things and um, be average. That if if that's great improv advice, somebody saying it's okay to be messy is also another ah here are statistical reasons why uh, great things have happened when you um, loosen up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, I think my hardest one. I think my favorite one is say yes. It just rings like, yeah. It's <laughs> changed so everything, and and it's evolved for me. Yeah, as we've talked about a little bit, which is I've. It doesn't just mean say yes to the offers that come from other people. Sometimes I need to do a better job of saying yes to myself, mm. or recognizing that every no is a yes to something else. So really, you're just always asking yourself, like, what do I need to say yes to right now? I think I need to say yes to rest right now. Like, mm-hmm. I need to say yes to to my commitment to having a healthy body mm-hmm. <laughs> and mind. And that I'm not saying yes to that by saying yes to this offer to go out. Yeah, You know, it seems so simple, but really saying yes, I believe I, there's so much power in saying yes. Sure. Um, yep. And the one that I struggle with is face effects. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm like real good at facing the feelings. Real good. But those feelings often overwhelm the facts in what, terms
0: of... What's the distinction?
1: Um, oh, the distinction. I want $500 for this session. I charge $500 for this much time it doesn't feel great to ask you for more money or tell you, I won't do this job. So, okay, I'll do it for less. Right? Like, yeah. so that that's one thing or feeling like I cannot possibly bring this thing up with this friend of mine. It's, it's like bugging me a little bit, but the feeling of doing that is like too hard to, to like I get wrapped up in how this moment feels and I lose sight of like, but this is what I know I need to do. Mm. I know I need to do this. Or sometimes it's about procrastination. Like I'm too scared of what is, what this job entails, so I won't even start it, because uh, I'm because it's like opening a chest full of feelings. When it's like, okay, what is true about this? What do I have to do? Because I find that facing the facts gets me moving again. Mm-hmm. But I get I get really, yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. It's very obscured. I get very obscured by how I, mm-hmm. by placing feelings over facts
0: hmm.
1: prioritizing feelings over facts a little bit sometimes
0: I, I love the I love well first off, let me say that's a cool distinction that's helpful thank you for mm. saying more about that yeah um, and the notion that facing the facts leads you to action again hearing this constructive living stuff coming through these mm. maxims a lot of them are about do what needs to be done get in there like mess around, make something mm-hmm. happen, participate, you know, yeah. work with other people, connect with other people. Um, so again, the one, the one about other people is- Take care of each other. Take care of each, each care other. other. Mm-hmm.
2: I, it seems to me that that's the thing of which I am most proud about The Sims. Mm-hmm. They seem to have this caring of each other and that, that may not be always true in all circumstances of course they're humans but but I get this um, sense that 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 is a shared value in the group
0: there's a default to well wishing yes yeah
2: and and stepping up when needs come because I remember uh, the years that I was I was a coach for a long time but I did as little as possible Um. and in fact I had this horror every uh, as the quarter would go on we'd have to get somebody who would agree to be producer and agree to be um, take on all the roles for the end of quarter show and my I guess my nightmare was that nobody is going to do that nobody will Mm -hmm. step up but sure enough every time there'd be somebody uh, somebody you know somebody volunteered to do the things that need to be done there was always somebody there And over time, that gave me a lot of, that's like reality confidence. Yeah.
1: I have two stories about this, taking care of each other with regards to The Sims. One of them is that one of the things that I loved and that I took, taken with me, is that every quarter at rollouts, which was when the current simps would, would bang on the door of sleeping uh, auditioners who had been chosen for, the, chosen for the group, right? So the group stays up all night, figures out who's going to be in the group from the folks who auditioned, and then go before dawn, bang on their door, yeah, yeah. open them up in a terrifying manner. I mean, it's terrifying to be woken up this way. Drag them out of bed and take them to breakfast. And so it was always like, get your shoes, get your keys, let's get out of here, right? We like drag them from bed and throw them in a car and take them to breakfast. And there was always a toast that was made at breakfast. And the line that I will never forget is, welcome to a group that, that vows to take care of each other on and off the stage. And I will never, I, I love that. Mm. We take care of each other on and off the stage. Of course it's our art form to take care of each other, but we do it in life as well. I love that. And the second thing is that when I, when I was a sophomore in college, I broke my face. I don't know if you remember this, but I fell off a skateboard and broke, it landed on my face. And I broke this, the... Orbital bone? Yeah, like this uh, ocular, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the thing that your eye sits in, that whole thing. I mm. I broke my nose, I broke my cheekbone, cracked this bone open, and and ultimately had to go to the hospital to get it reset, and the, I got some titanium in my face and stuff, but had this surgery that was something kind mm. of serious, right? It's like they went into my face mm. to, like, pop this bone back into place. I got lots of juicy stories about that, but... The thing is that the simps were the first people to show up in my hospital room Mm. to visit. I hardly even remember their coming because I was coming out of this anesthesia. But they were the first ones to show up. And when when I fell, the news spread. Like somebody was walking through campus who like was the neighbor of one of the simps. And was like, hey, I think I saw your friend. You know, there were paramedics nearby. She fell. And the word spread on the simps email lists. And, like, an hour after I got home, simps showed up with gifts, with, like... Like, it was just this mm. incredible... And that's actually how I, how I remember... It's one of the most salient memories of that whole experience of, of breaking... The, the accident and the surgery was, oh, my God, I realized I was part of a group. Mm. Like, I was really part of something caring and loving because the first people who showed up, both after surgery and just after falling, before I even knew that it was broken, so simps came...
0: Rushing. A cool story, yeah. yeah.
1: And were fun. They made me laugh. They're like, hey, maybe if you like really screwed up your eye, you'll get a glass eye. How cool would that be? <laughs> like talked about what that would be like, and and I was just like, this is this is a, this feeling of really having a
2: tribe of people we all long for that. Who shows up is yeah. incredible. Right. And there's there's the phrase, and I don't know where it started. Once a simp, always a simp. Mm-hmm. That that notion of um, not just for now but that you have somehow entered an eternal uh, fraternity mm-hmm. of, uh, of well-wishers. Um, and, and I think hmm. that is one of the reasons that it... Um, a Fraternity it, of well-wishers.
0: Yeah. I, I came in. Mm-hmm. So this past weekend, Patricia, you had helped with continuing studies in, uh, at Stanford put, and the Sims put together this long form performance. At least it came down with some folks from BATS. To perform it, <laughs> I didn't tell you this. When I came in, there were simp's at the door taking tickets, and I didn't have my printed-out ticket. Mm-hmm. And so then I, you know, said, "Oh, you know, here's my name," and I'm actually I was a simp, and then one of them went, "Oh wait, you're Ted! I remember you!" And then there was a group of simp's in the line behind me, and they started chanting my name, "Ted, Ted, Ted, Ted," <laughs> because that was one of the things that had happened at the reunion somehow. Like it was like. It was like Echo of, of it's the amazing. Like everybody was, and then anytime time I saw Ian, as I was walking in and out of the theater, or coming out to get water, or taking a break at intermission, who would
1: chant your name?
0: <laughs> 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 it's so the sweet.
1: best. There's mm-hmm. there's this thing about it's goodwill, it's goodwill and this idea in Simpson, like just because you're who you are, you get to be celebrated and supported, and we're showing up for you just because you just because you are who you are and you deserve it, it yeah. because people deserve it, mm-hmm. you know. And this, it's really phenomenal it's, phenomenal.
0: Yeah. it's yeah. phenomenal all right so I may maybe one more question I don't know if you have another but there's one other one I want to ask yeah which is just any curiosities you have about the work we're doing and the ways that we're extending your teaching or you know oh break, great continuing, yes, yes, continuing yes. on with what you're doing I'm well, curious what you're curious about what we're doing
2: well I am curious I'm, I'm um, I would ask you something like, "What's well, what's your vision for where you'd like to be in ten years?" But but you know, I am not so much interested in that because I I'm, I'm watching what you're doing, and it, and I'm I'm assuming as improvisers that's going to keep evolving and possibly changing. Thank you for understanding that. So <laughs> there wouldn't be like an really... answer to um, what's the vision of where you're going to be in ten years, or what would you like to do with this. Wow. Um, It's that you're doing it and you're both um, invested in it uh, from the heart and sort of, and, and wherever it takes you, you'll go. And I have to trust reality that that's gonna be right. I am just, but I am overwhelmed with pleasure to see each of you in your environment, doing the things that use your considerable talents in this service of this great thing we were calling improv, uh, but has also many names, so um I will watch your life and growth with great great interest <laughs> um, and uh whenever possible uh, uh be a supporter or a facilitator, or a cheerleader, or <laughs> whatever is needed. Um, I know no
1: greater cheerleader than you Amen I will that. say i every time I come to visit you, I leave being like, "Oh man." I got to, I am like, on, not only am I on the right track, but like I'm on the right fast track, like, and I've got to keep going. I, it's just like do, I'm
2: well.
1: lit up and inspired and affirmed and... Yeah. Well,
2: I, I, when I think of what, because uh, I'm clearly in the last sort of, the last segment of my life for however long it might be. I'm 73, um, and, I, and I do ask myself every day, what's my purpose? I, well, my general purpose is to, is to help, uh, to be helpful in any way, um, to say yes to the offers that come. I'm sort of not looking for some way to particularly do something, and I'm, I'm dragging my feet on the second book, so I need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do... Face the
1: facts. Do what's needed. Part, start, what's anywhere.
2: needed start anywhere. It is. <laughs> I actually have it all. The first chapter is really, really good. Mm. Um, I, Get it out there. At some point, I'll, I'll send it to you, because when I read the first chapter, it's a like, great book. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first line of the book is the world's gone mad.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so, sounds cool. right to me. It has. Sounds right to no, me.
2: It's right. Day. To day. world's yeah. Gone mad, and we we need some an organizing principle, if you will, when, right uh, when things are not making any sense. Yeah.
0: Well, that, that's it's sweet to hear. I, you know, you asked that question, like where? Well, you didn't ask it, but the potential question of where do we see this going? And you know, of course, from time to time there are thoughts that flash in my head of like, ooh, this might happen, or Monster Baby could become this. And yet, I think so far we've been trying to allow those things to emerge mm. and then fall away and pass it like: Well, it's, like the, keep, it's you know, like
1: the ideas that you have about a long-form story. Mm-hmm. It's like, maybe the story's a love story. Oh, maybe this character's going to fall in love with that one. Maybe. Yep, we'll Put see. that aside we'll and see. then pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a revenge story. Maybe. Put that aside and then pay attention to what's happening. It could be. You could right. be right about that.
2: We'll see.
0: So, well, this was, this was really fun.
1: What uh, a treat. Me too. What Super a treat. Fun. Thank oh, you I love, so much. I for, love telling
2: stories. Thank you for asking. This I can think of
0: is. no better person to have our first guest. Your first, first official guest on the Monster Baby yeah, podcast. Yeah, we've just been hearing Monster our own voices Baby.
1: talking, so it's nice to have the voice of the master joining I us. Your, I
2: love your title, Monster Baby. Monster yeah. Baby, yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah.
2: My pleasure entirely. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. All right. Are right.
1: we ending?
0: I think we are. Mm. Until the next one. Ding. Until the next
1: one. Ladies and gentlemen, that there you have it. Is our
0: conversation with yeah, Patricia Ryan Madsen. That
1: is it in its entirety. We had such a good time chatting with her. Uh, we're so happy to have her on the podcast and we hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as we did.
0: Yeah, and I imagine it will, but uh, I really hope that her generosity and wisdom come through the podcast because being in her presence is such a delight. Mm-hmm. Always leave feeling inspired and thankful and uh, honored. That is true. That yeah. is true. So I have a question for you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. What is sticking with you from our conversation?
1: So number one, I really loved, and I mentioned this in the in the podcast, but or in the episode, but the fact that her starting the Stanford Improvisers was not like her grand vision. It was kind of it was suggested to her. I think I struggle a lot with feeling like I need to be solely responsible for some new content or idea. Mm in order to take any credit for it. And I think that that's just a myth that I need to let go of. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated hearing about that. And I always love hearing about David K. Reynolds' stuff about like, accept your feelings. You're, you're fine to feel the way you're feeling. Do what you need to do. Like those two things are different. You don't need to spend all this time kind of navel-gazing about like, why is it that I feel this way? It's like, go do the things that you need to do. Not to say that sometimes that's not important, but but I appreciate the practicality kind of of that.
0: Yeah. There's a freedom in it, it sounds like.
1: It was, and it's very, like, active. You don't need to wait to feel like doing something in order to accomplish it.
0: To just go out go and do, do it. it. Right? Go do
1: you. You don't need to be at the mercy of your feelings. Love that. So I liked that. What, how about how about you?
0: I was really struck by, partly because it was new to me, her yeah. story of the first time she learned improv. Yeah. And that, like you noted, she wasn't going in for some grand philosophical vision. Right. It was just it was like, eh, I want to help people be better actors and that that it happened to be Keith Johnstone and that it happened to be happening at the same time as this Tai Chi workshop. And the
1: constructive living stuff when she said oh yeah maybe the reason why my training sounded philosophical is because I was doing all this constructive living stuff and so it just was coming out yeah yeah at the same time before she really conceptualized it as the same thing. So
0: I thought it kind of cool that her first experience of improv is kind of like what we're trying to do with our workshops. You know, that she might have come to one of our workshops, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and set her on her path was so like a little cyclical, it's not quite a robberous snake eating its tail thing, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like spiraling. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so articulate right now.
1: <laughs> like I'm, we could be spawning a new Patricia Ryan Madsen. Is that what you're saying?
0: Wow like the word spawn, like alien children. <laughs> the devil. Those of you who've come on the retreat before and Spawned. are listening now, <laughs> yeah, you right. don't realize you've been yeah, infected.
1: Been indoctrinated. Um,
0: In any case.
1: Yeah. So, so we hope that you liked it as well, dear listeners. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you don't have her book, Improv Wisdom, please, please, please go get it. It is a fantastic, easy read, just full of interesting ways to think about living your life.
0: Yeah, and it also actually makes a really nice gift if you have some experience with improv and you have tried to explain what it means to you or why it turns you on or applies to your life, it's a really great gift because it's super easy to read, but it stays with you for a while.
1: I actually keep a, a number of copies on my shelf so that when it comes up, when people are over and it comes up, I can just say here. This is for you.
0: I have thirteen copies. I only read one chapter from each.
1: <laughs> this
0: is my chapter five copy. <laughs> yeah, right. So, in any case,
1: hey, if you like what you are hearing, we would love for you to spread the word. Share share the podcast with somebody that you think might might enjoy it. We're always looking to get this stuff to more people, so we would love for you to drop a note to somebody and uh, and let them know. Let them yeah. know if you like it.
0: And if you want to or can leverage social media, put it on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. Take a picture of yourself. Listen to the podcast. Put it on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, I want to make up a couple apps, some other social media apps, like Reverb. Yeah. (laughs) You use Reverb. Post it on Reverb.
1: Put it on Reverb. Oh, man. That's great. (laughs) Um, Let's see. If you you want to get in touch with us, as always, you can write us at info at monsterbabypodcast.com.
0: If you want to join us... And in a retreat experience, somewhat like Patricia talked about with her first experience of improv, we don't do Tai Chi, but we do do some yoga and some mindfulness practice. Uh, We've got our retreat up on the coast of Maine, June 9th through 14th, Um, lovely Mere Point, Maine, outside of Brunswick. uh, We'd love to have you with us. Yeah,
1: we'd love for you to be there.
0: Spread the word on that too.
1: Indeed. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we look forward to seeing you or talking at you next time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thanks for being here. We love you. Ciao.
1: Bye.